Hello, and welcome back to Stern Chats, a podcast that explores the untold stories of the NYU Stern community. My name is Heather Rosen-Konowitz, and in this episode, we will hear from a few of my fellow club presidents, including London Clark, Chris Millisitz, and Jeet Kilnani. Clubs are a core part of the Stern MBA experience, where many of us have made friends and found resources that can help us achieve our career goals. These student-led organizations put on events, share knowledge, and help connect students and alumni across the NYU Stern community. I'm thrilled to be speaking with a few of these incredible student leaders to hear more about their club experiences. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stern Chats. I'm so glad to have you all here. Hello, Heather. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Heather. Yeah, of course. Really excited to have an episode that's featuring club presidents because it's something that's been such a core experience of mine at Stern. And I think all of the people who are club presidents really care about the Stern community and are putting in a lot of work. So I I think it's just an, an amazing group of people. So why don't we each go around and introduce ourselves? So Chris, why don't you kick us off? Great. Yeah. I'm Chris Millisitz. I am the president of the Private Equity and Venture Capital Club. Um, Before I came to Stern, I worked at a payments fintech in London uh, in sales operations. Didn't really love that operational aspect of the job, so came back to Stern um, and trying to move into venture capital myself. The thing that we're trying to do as a club is kind of shift from being more of a special interest club to being more of a professional club where we can get people into venture capital and private equity jobs. My favorite part about the club is um, venture capital is a lot of networking events. So we get a lot of extra outside of class going to events with each other, um, with the other members of the club, which can be really fun. Hi everyone, I'm London. Um, I am a MBA two and co-president of uh, CISA, which is um, NYU Stern's Social Impact and Sustainability Association. Uh, prior to Stern, um, I spent my career in media and tech in a variety of communications, marketing, change management roles. And um, I, I kind of decided I wanted to go back to business school to pivot into something more directly related to climate and sustainability. And I wasn't exactly sure what that would be. Uh, so Stern's been a really excellent place to figure that out. Um, and and post grad, I'm uh, looking to go into climate tech and use my skills to sort of help accelerate decarbonization. Um, so it should be a pretty, pretty fun career path. Uh, a little bit about CISA. Um, so we are a professional club first, but we're also, uh, we kind of t- toe the line of an affinity club. Um, and I say that because we have students who are a part of our members who really wanna make social impact and sustainability part of their uh, primary um, function at work. And then we also have a lot of members who are looking to just kind of add this into a more uh, traditional career path or are just like passionate about it personally and want to learn more. Uh, so we kind of straddle that line and, and have programming that hits on both of those um, different interest areas. And we're really focused on kind of building um, programming and communities that can support both of those different paths. So whether you really are looking to make this your life's work or if you are just interested in exploring on how you can do like little things in your own life to live more sustainably we try to really provide community and programming for for both of those needs i think my favorite thing about cisa 
um, this is so cliche and probably every club president would say this, but is the people because um, business school is a very fast paced, crazy place with um, a lot going on. And uh, if you are really trying to pursue a career path that's maybe a little bit more niche than, than some of the other more traditional well-trodden paths, um, CISA has just been an excellent way to meet like-minded students who also are interested in that. Um, and it kind of becomes your your little hub. Um, and I've made some of my closest friends through the club. So that's always an added benefit. Hey, everyone. My name is Jeet. I am originally from India. Before coming to Stern, I was in corporate finance and investment banking. I started my career at Deloitte and then moved to Nomura, where I spent about four years. And I wanted to come to Stern because I wanted to make um, a shift from finance. I kind of was looking at a role that would kind of get me out of the monotony of finance and so came here to do consulting specifically. So I guess I'm a little bit of an odd one out here because Chris and London both have such interesting career paths. I was one who took the conventional route. Um, but I wanted to do that and so that's why I came to Stern to pursue my MBA. Um, I'm also the co-president of Outclass, which is Stern's LGBTQ plus organization. And it's one of the most fun clubs on campus, in my opinion, but I may be biased. So I'd, I'd, I'd let the others speak for them, speak for their experiences with Outclass. Um, in terms of what the club does, I feel Outclass is at a very unique position now where it sits at the intersection of career and community because DEI is such an important topic that all the other, all the companies right now, all industries right now are focusing on. So we get a lot of specific career opportunities, a lot of recruitment tracks for individuals who identify as queer. And we have recruitment conferences, we have industry talks, a lot of opportunities on that front. And then of course, there's a huge um, opportunity for us to build a community on campus. One is because we're all queer individuals, usually, and allies. And also because it's New York City, the opportunities are endless. Like you could go to Broadway shows, you could go for a karaoke evening. So I really enjoy the social aspect of things as well. Um, in terms of my favorite thing about the club, I think as a club, one of our USPs is that we are one of the most well-integrated club when it comes to the different programs. At Stern, we have um, the part-time MBAs, the tech MBAs, the fashion and luxury MBAs, um, the full-time MBA, of course. All of us are so well-integrated because the purpose of the club is to build a stronger community and our identities precede the program that we belong to. So I think that is one of my favorite parts of our class. That's such a great point. Awesome. So I guess I'll add in a little bit about myself. I'm wearing multiple hats in this podcast, but I am uh, one of the co-presidents of MCA, which is the Management Consulting Association. And um, I'm really proud to be representing that club because I think it's such an amazing organization. Um, so a little bit about my background. I was in architecture before coming to Stern. I first was in a pretty traditional design role and then moved into a workplace strategy consulting role, which uh, allowed me to dip my toes into the consulting world and I found out that I loved it and really wanted to expand upon that. So similar to Jeet, I have a boring traditional career path coming out of school. <laughs> I will be going into, you guessed it, management consulting. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's fun being part of that organization. Um, and one of my favorite parts about MCA is it's similar to what you said, London, about people. It's just the amazing amount of work that people put in just for the sake of helping others. I, I think it's such an amazing thing. I mean, we 
kind of pass down career advice. We help, um, you know, set up boot camps and study groups and casing and all these things to help folks get ready for their consulting interviews. And everyone does it purely out of the goodness of their hearts and the desire to, to pay it forward. So I think that's such an, an amazing thing about MCA and, and many clubs on campus that I'm a part of. Yeah, definitely. Moving on, I'd love to hear about everyone's kind of experiences being club presidents. But before we dive into that, I would love to set the stage and help listeners understand what roles clubs play on Stern's campus and in the MBA program and how they're structured. So London, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Happy to. And and this is something I had like a really big misconception about. Uh, I think when I was applying to business school, I was fully under the Im- impression that clubs were like additive, but they are not additive. Mm-hmm. They are like basically the whole experience, in my opinion. Um, I I didn't realize how big of a a role that the club life would play in my MBA experience. Um, So yeah, they're they're a big deal, they're very important. Um, But yeah, I think think for, we've talked a little bit about this, like all of us had mentioned both like the career and the social aspects, but from from a professional club perspective or a career perspective, there's a lot of things you can't learn in a classroom, right? Like you're you're going to be focusing on your core and then you're going to start taking more specialized courses. Um, but what the clubs can provide is sort of that um, layer down on your, your sort of preparation for interviews and career exploration where they can really help you dig into the industry a bit more, dig into the function, um, get more direct advice. Like you mentioned, Heather, from MBA twos who had just gone through the same process um, how, how to interview, you know, how to pitch yourself, how to, how to case, um, how to write an intro for a coffee chat. Cause I had never done one of those before. Um, all of that sort <laughs> of just like, you know, tools of the trade that you don't really get from class. Um, so a lot of that comes through the clubs, um, as well as a lot of, um, what we call knowledge management training, which uh, a lot of the professional clubs do to provide, um, additional like skill sets and experiences that you can do to build out the skills you need to to interview and intern in the specific industry that you're looking to go into. And then um, also career exploration. So either by having alumni come in or just other, um, you know, people in the uh, New York City area who are working in the space, like bringing those folks to campus to talk about their career paths, what their day to day is like, so that as a student, you can really explore what what all of the different avenues might be and where you see yourself really fitting in. Um, and then there's the social aspect, right? Like the, the community aspect of connecting with people who are pursuing similar paths and being able to kind of go through that process together. Um, so it's a, a bonding experience as well. Um, and in terms of the way that our uh, kind of clubs are set up, um, we most clubs have uh, co-presidents, so there's typically two um, presidents um, who are normally MBA twos, but sometimes can be um, members of the Langone or one. Uh, yeah, I think mostly MBA twos and and Langone um, programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll have you know two presidents who are really setting the vision and um, kind of managing the club, and then you have all of these uh, different verticals that sit on your board. Um, so that could be anything from communications and marketing to knowledge management to alumni relations to events and conference planning. 
And those little subcommittees, if you will, really drive a lot of the day-to-day the -day programming. Um, and so that's kind of how you can get involved, depending on what you're interested in or you know what you're good at, you can kind of identify which vertical you may want to work on. Um, and then of course, when the MBA ones arrive every you know fall, um, people get involved uh, but through AVPs. So it's basically joining the board and working under um, or working with a um, person in the VP role to really drive forward the programming. And I'm so glad that you brought up how to get involved because I definitely think that we've got some listeners who are prospective students and would want to know when they get to campus how they can how they can plug in. That's super helpful to kind of lay the groundwork here. So I'm curious to understand a little bit more about each of your experiences being club presidents. I don't know if you had this reaction when you told friends that you were running for a club president in the spring, but some people asked if I was crazy <laughs> because of the amounts of work that these roles can sometimes take. So, Jeet, why did you run for club president? One of the reasons why I wanted to run for president was visibility. And I know it sounds extremely braggy that I wanted to be the poster boy of our class, but <laughs> that was really not the reason why. So when I was applying as a prospective student, I tried to network with our class. I tried to meet a lot of individuals from the club because I wanted to hear about their experiences going through the MBA program and recruiting and also the social aspect of things. But Fortunately or unfortunately, most people I met were born and raised or grew up in the United States. And not to say that the United States experience of being queer is any easier, but it's very different from the kind of experience we had in Asia or other parts of the world, so to speak. And so I was struggling to find one or more people to kind of speak to and hear about their experiences because all of us as international students anticipate a culture shock many when we come here so i was anticipating a double culture shock so to speak so i wanted to speak to someone i couldn't find that person and so one of the reasons why i ran for president was to be on the website where people could see that okay there is this one person who was born and raised in india and then moved to the united states if they do want to reach out to me for any specific questions that i can answer better than others then that's just worth it for me to be president. So, and also I realized through the course of the first year in an AVP role, like London mentioned, I realized I was good at nothing. So I was going to be better at just coordinating stuff and sending people messages. Hey, can we do this? Hey, can we do that? Hey, can you help me with this? So I took up the role of the coordinator, which is, I, I feel essentially the role of the president is to basically coordinate the different things and not be good at anything. So. Yeah. Those are management skills, G. That sounds like you're a manager. Yeah, you're a, you're a leader. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take that to my organization and tell them. <laughs> London and Chris, what do you have to add in terms of, you know, what drew you to becoming club president and what you think the role is is really all about? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'm the I'm the oldest child, so I've always been a little bit bossy. Um, but <laughs> But, but I actually wasn't very involved in student leadership in college. So this was a, a real pivot for me, but it was, um, you know, sometimes when you just have a feeling that there's this type of way of driving things forward, especially working with an organization like a school where, you know, it's gonna take a while, you know, you're gonna have to really dig around and find the right people uh, to coordinate with. And that's something that is one of my, my skills. <laughs> Same for me, Chris. I feel that. It's like the presidency role is like just 
wrangling and guiding it's like playmaking and then everyone else really does a lot of the the meat of the work um for, for me i uh i gotta give a shout out to my co-president karen chu because she fully convinced me to do this i was like not trying to sign up <laughs> i was like i was very um active in CISA. i was an avp on conference and so i was a part of our big social innovation symposium that we do in the spring. Um, but I was very happy to stay in that role. I was like, man, that looks like a lot of work, a lot of admin. Um, and Karen just kind of convinced me that um, we had very similar visions for how the club could be improved and you know how we thought we could better and you know serve the student body through some some initiatives that we had brainstormed together and uh she was convincing she was a convincing salesperson and she got me to got me to join and i am very thankful i did it <laughs> but i can't take credit for the idea <laughs> that's so great i can definitely see karen playing that role <laughs> yeah. the shout out i'd have to give in terms of becoming or wanting to run for club president would be MCA's club presidents from last year, Henry and Lindsay, who I just saw working so hard to help all of us get the consulting internships that we were shooting for. And after successfully landing the job that I was really dreaming for, I turned around and said, you know, how can I help the next class? This is this is what MCA is all about. This is what Stern is all about. And um, it was the two of them that inspired me to to want to take on this role this year. So Chris, why don't we hear a little bit more about your experience? You said, you know, it's, there's been some things that have been surprising. So has it been harder or easier than you expected? Or, you know, what what's it kind of looked like for you? Yeah, so it, it's been interesting um, coming out of COVID just because you know, a lot of processes internally at the school broke down and being a smaller club, that meant a lot of our processes um, broke down, whether or not it's, um, you know, simple things like wh what kind of events we run or throwing a conference in person um, and what kind of timelines you need to just be communicating with professionals that are out there. Um, so that's, that's been, it's been like a real like crash course in, you know, getting everything prepared um, early in the year, um, whether that's, you know, our outreach list of who we want to talk to for a conference, or if it's knowledge management, you know, rebuilding everything. Um, and, you know, I, really working together with some of the superstars on our team. I'm going to give a little shout out to not my co-president right now. She's, I love Ronnie. She's great. She's been awesome for vision, but I have to give a shout out to um, Julie Zhang and uh, the career development team for all the work they did this summer um, while they were in their internships. I would add one thing on the the challenges just post COVID. I think um, so much of what we're able to bring to campus is based off alumni relations and and connections to um, you know the Sternies who are already in the roles that we want. And um, because of COVID, that just really became a challenging thing to keep going. Um, so many things that used to happen in person and were annual just dropped in 2020. And then in 2021, we were trying to figure out how to do it virtually. And then now we're like, oh, we can do it in person, but none of us have, you know, the direct email thread to go back to and build off of like, you know, previous um, cohorts might've had. So that's definitely been something that we have um, struggled with and are trying to at least do our part now to like rebuild so that the class after us and the class after them starts to have 
you know, the benefit of the work that we're putting in now to, you know, lay that foundation again. I think I completely agree with what London said, because one of the things that happened during COVID was we just lost frames of reference as to what was the norm before we went into COVID about this club, what was what used to happen. So particularly from an outclass standpoint, two things that we lost out on. One was we were supposedly very well integrated with the university because NYU as a university itself has a massive LGBTQ plus center that provides a lot of resources, support and a lot of does a lot of events at the university level. So that definitely got lost somewhere during COVID because people were just like so isolated and then just rebuilding those connections took us took us some time. I'm glad that this year we've been able to make some progress on that, but I feel a majority of the progress will come during the spring and the next year. And the second thing that we kind of felt a little bit lost on was winning allies. So a lot of the times we get the same thing that we set up an event for our class and the allies are always like, hey, we want to support, we want to come, but we don't know if this is like meant to be a safe, intimate space for you guys, or is it open to all? So how do we better that communication to make sure that we get allies to come and support us during our events? I think that's something that we are working towards improving as well. I think one of the other challenges of club leadership in general is we all have these amazing visions of what we hope our club can do and what it can achieve and tend to kind of want to do more than we have bandwidth or the resources to do. Um, So I know that's one of the challenges that kind of we come up against with MCA that we want to do absolutely everything in our power to help people be equipped and ready for their consulting interviews and successful in the recruiting process. But we only have so much that we can do and there's only so much we can give. Um, So I think, you know, all of us are working really hard and I'm glad that our clubs have the three of you and so many other talented folks uh, leading it because, you know, it's it's definitely a, a tough job. Yeah, and it's something you're balancing on top of like schoolwork and your own recruiting and your own social life and your own family life. Um, but typically, I feel like these these club leadership positions attract very, um, like you said, Heather, like ambitious people. And we may or may <laughs> not bite off more than we can chew sometimes. Um, but it, it's nice. You have a very like supportive community of people who are also, you know, trying trying to do the same thing. So. Um, that's really nice to be surrounded by all of you as well. The only thing I want to add was, you know, like you said, Heather, we all had visions when we became presidents, but I also feel like it's to the credit of the wider teams that we have created of VPs and AVPs who are actually enabling that vision. Like I said at the beginning, I'm good at nothing. So (laughs) like the people who are actually doing the work and putting together these events, putting together the programming, like this year, one of our big achievements was that we sent 52 people to Ramba, which has been Stern's biggest ever contingent. And also we got an email from Ramba saying that we were the largest contingent at the conference, beating out schools that have thousand people in their classrooms. We were in their class. We were, we had a class of 360 and we sent 52 people. So it's, it's the VPs who made this happen. So (laughs) Just Kudos. so that people who are listening know, what is Ramba? Oh, Ramba is reaching out MBA. It is a nonprofit organization intended to support queer individuals in MBA programs find their most desired jobs. And it's the biggest conference that happens in the US every year. This year it was in Washington, DC from 6th to 8th of October. Next year it's gonna be in Chicago from October 5th to 7th. So anyone who's coming to Stern or any other business school and identifies as queer, please do 
look out for Rumba. It's a fantastic conference and there's just endless opportunities that come out of it. We've touched upon this a few times now, but I think these roles can be somewhat challenging um, in terms of leading a team, right? I mean, we've all had a little bit of experience doing that before coming to business school. It's one of the things that we're working on and hoping to build skills in to do in our future careers. But I think that peer-to-peer leadership is one of the hardest types of leadership, right? Motivating our friends and our, our classmates. So you know, what leadership lessons have you learned along the way and, and in what ways have you grown? Do, maybe do you have a story to share with us? Oh, yes, of course. So like I said in the beginning, we were having trouble winning the support and like confidence of allies in attending our events. So we planned this massive event at the start of the year called Start Out because we wanted to just make it very, very clear to the new incoming class as well as the returning class of second year MBAs that this club is for everyone. It's not just for us. We are a very small community. And so together we can make a much bigger difference. So we set up this event where we rented out a whole bar for an evening and we had to sell 300 tickets to break even. And it was hard convincing people to go to an event from Outclass at a gay bar in Hell's Kitchen, a lot of reservation, a lot of doubts, um, and to a point where I think we had one week to go for the event and we had sold 65 tickets. And uh, the entire team was just like, let's cancel this event or maybe just like promise them that we do two events of 150 people each. Maybe that's something that we can do. And I think at that time, The only thing that I had in my mind was, no, I know my community better than this. I know Stern better than this. And I know if I tell people about this, they will show up. Um, It's not that they're just having like second thoughts. Like they just need to like, the myth needs to be busted and they'll be Mm -hmm. there. And so we were like, let's just keep it on for two more days. If we don't sell enough tickets, we'll cancel the event or we'll do whatever else it takes to kind of like minimize the damage to the club. And in those two days, what we did was we each reached out to our friends and we told them that, hey, this is going to be a really fun event. You should definitely try it out. It's a it's one of the biggest events at the start of the school year. So come on. And it's, it's an outclass event. You'll realize that it's a lot more fun than you're expecting it to be. And I think two days later, we were at 150 tickets. And eventually by the day of the event, we did sell out all 300 tickets and the event went through. So I think the only learning that I took away from this was that belief i would say in leadership makes a big difference and i think i this is totally out of the context here but like i'm currently in a class that requires me to seek out reflecting best self stories from my friends and colleagues and i asked a few people about it and one of the stories that i got was this exact same story that only because i asked them to stay on for two more days that the event happened and i was like okay i didn't realize it was that big a thing i just wanted the event to happen because as club president it would have been really sad to have my first (laughs) event of the year get cancelled it was a very selfish thing from my end but it's great that you thought that i had so much belief (laughs) um yeah that's been my biggest learning. It's just that sometimes persistence is key. Yeah. What class is that? That sounds really cool. Developing Managerial Skills by Professor Dolly Chuk. It's a brilliant class. I highly I've, recommend it. I've taken it in the spring and I'm excited <laughs> Me about too. it. Me too. Me too. I'm signed up in the spring as well. We also talk about like reflective best self in leadership fellows too, if anyone else is a part of that. But little plug for that class as well because it's a lot of these same like reflecting on your leadership style sort of exercises that are pretty eye-opening. One of the reasons I wanted to become club president was to gain more leadership experience and I think it's such a unique opportunity 
at this point in our careers to have not full ownership, but kind of the most senior role, if you will, within a club organization, guiding the vision of it, um, really having autonomy in terms of what you can do with the club, but also having the responsibility to manage all the resources, motivate the team, um, build the team, right? I mean, our first jobs as presidents were to pick our VPs and, um, you know, get things rolling in the spring. So, I definitely think that it's been a, a learning and growing opportunity for me. And one of the things that I've always struggled with and continue to struggle with is knowing how to not take on too much. I always want to do 100 things. I mean, here I am also part of Stern Chats as a producer and a host. So <laughs> clubs is kind of all I do right now. But um you know, but it's helpful, right? It's every week thinking about what can I give to the club? What's going to be too much for me? How do I also balance my own needs, my personal life, um, other things that are important to me and mm-hmm. um, and really be effective, right? Yeah. Great. So given all of the hard work that we've put in and our boards have put in, I'm curious to hear stories about something that you or your club did that you're particularly proud of. So London, we heard that recently there was a a case competition. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, this was something that Karen and I had talked about um, back when we first, you know, got elected for um, CISA. Um, Students pursuing uh, sustainability or social impact careers Um, It can be hard to kind of feel prepared for interviews because a lot of people are trying to like pivot into this, but you don't necessarily get these skills in your core classes and you might not even get them in some of the other specialized classes. So we were trying to find a way to help um, MBA ones and MBA twos or anyone, any of the programs um, get like some tangible uh, experience that they could speak to about applying a sustainability framework or topic. Um, and so we uh, set out on a, a goal to set up a fall case competition um, to kind of give that experience in, um, you know, a little bite size of that experience, like a one day workshop. And uh, we actually just got that um, up and running and we held that our first inaugural case competition on November 18th. So um, it was Ooh. just really cool to see that come together. We um, partnered really closely with our uh faculty sponsor, uh, Tansi Whalen, who's the director of the um, NYU Center for Sustainable Business um, and a big you know, thought partner of CISA. And uh, we worked with their team uh, to kind of design a, a workshop around their ROSI methodology, which is the return on sustainability investment, which is a framework you can kind of use to justify and explain the value and return on um, different investments towards sustainability initiatives. And so we worked with them to design this workshop and then, um, you know, a short case competition where students would break into groups and pitch an idea um, for how to, uh, you know, apply this ROSI framework to get a circularity initiative off the ground. And um, it was just so much fun to be a part of. We had, um, I think, eight different teams competing and we had uh, really you know, amazing judges who are, you know, friends of the Center for Sustainable Business come and donate their time to listen to our pitches and give us feedback. And uh, it was just really cool to like see it come together from an idea we were throwing around at a happy hour to actually having, you know, 50 excited people in a room um, participating in it. So it's cool to see what you can pull together in, you know, a relatively short period of time. 
That sounds so cool, London. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, guys. Thanks. To jump in on the the same vein as London, um, I've been pretty proud this year. We've run a lot of great events, um, including you know knowledge management. We had a, a BC boot camp in September that we had uh, sixty people attend. Um, but the the real kind of uh, cherry in my cap has been like we ran this event the other day with um, Andreessen Horowitz, Lightspeed. Um, primary venture partners, Forerunner, Nor- Norwest, and Lux Capital, um, where like these are all top VCs. And we ran this event um, with Columbia Business School and we got them all out to have breakfast on a, on a Friday morning. Um, and, you know, it was, we had two panels um, and we kind of had this theory in our head that, you know, maybe they'd want to stay out and hang out and network afterwards. But, you know, what, what do we know, right? Like we're, we're students the the presidents at Columbia are students. Um, but, you know, we, we've been thinking, you know, we've been doing a lot of brand building this year. We've landed a lot of people in jobs. Um, you know, maybe this is the time to, you know, kind of shoot that shot and organize this event. Um, and it was, it was a massive success. We had like th- 60 students there from both schools. We had maybe 30 other industry professionals plus the panel. Wow. Uh, and it was just this great, like Friday morning, hanging out, hearing to awesome speakers talk about the New York uh, venture ecosystem and just like really has brought together what my co-president Ronnie and I have been working on for, I mean, a year and a half at this point um, where we're really trying to develop that reputation for Stern um, and steal and like, let that be a draw for employers. Yeah, that's fantastic. Look at these clubs doing such cool things. I know. And as someone who has attended many of these uh, PEVC events, I can attest to how great they are. They're like such wonderful learning experiences. So yeah, kudos. You guys are doing a great job. My team runs too many events. Like if there's one complaint I have about my team is that they, <laughs> like, there's like two events a week. You know, like no one, like at a certain point, it's hard to drive attendance to them. They're doing the most. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all working to find that balance, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, before we wrap up here, I'd love to end with giving a little bit of advice to incoming students or potentially rising second year students who are either in the full-time program or in the Langone program who might be considering running for club leadership or looking to get more involved. So can we do a quick round robin and everyone give kind of your uh, two cents of advice if someone's thinking about getting more involved in, in a club? Um, Jeet, why don't we start with you? I think one of the things that I have taken away the most from this year is how this leadership position has contributed massively to my MBA experience. It's just made it like multifold better because I was introduced to so many people who I would have probably never known from different programs, not just students at Stern, but also people outside in the industry. It's just been a fantastic experience and I've learned so much. And like I said, I was coming from India, so I always naturally felt very, very behind when it came to my life and my contributions towards the community that I belong to. And I feel this role will be my one drop in the ocean that I can say I did one small thing 
to give back, which was, you know, taking up this leadership position and like making things a little bit better at Stern um, through our class. I would just say that whatever your whatever role you're planning to take up, whether it is the president's role or a VP or an AVP or even just a member, just try to do one thing. Just try to plan one event, one suggestion, one idea for the club that will make things better in your opinion. And I think that would be that collectively would make things so much better for all of us so that would be my advice that you know one small thing in two years i don't think it's a lot to ask for london what about you i think my piece of advice to someone looking to or if they're thinking about stepping into the presidency role um my piece of advice would just be find a co-president that you want to work with that you work with well that you enjoy being <laughs> around because you're going to spend so much time together. This is going to become your partner in crime for everything. Um, and I think it makes like a really great, it makes a huge difference if you're friends and get along and, and work well together. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that maybe you don't think of right away. You're thinking more about your vision and why you want to run, but you really are sharing this, this position with another person. And, um, you know, finding someone who you respect, admire, believe in, and someone you like to work with is um, really what can make the experience um, all that much more rewarding and impactful. Um, and then the only other thing I would say is um, business school sounds like two, when you start applying, you're like, oh, two years, it's so long. I'm not going to make money for two years. And then you get here and it goes by like that. Like it is so fast. Yeah. It is just an incredibly fast-paced experience, and it will be gone before you know it. Um, and your your tenure as a president is even shorter. Um, so, really, just dive into it. If you want to do something, like don't wait around for other people to bring it to action. Like, just jump in. You can make a lot of things happen. Um, you just have to kind of get started. So, don't be afraid to just dive in head first. London, thank you so much for that. I feel I'm the only one who hasn't spoken about my co-president. Nicole, I love you. Um, she's the <laughs> best co-president I could have ever asked for. Um, she gives me a major complex, by the way. Like, I am so intimidated by how cool Nicole is that... She's just so cool. I feel like I need to put in extra work just to match up. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could give a quick bio of, Nic of Nicole, but I'm sure she'll be mad if I do that. So, But she's the coolest. That's all I can say. <laughs> we love Nicole. You know what? I actually didn't shout out my co-president either. And it's funny, London, you say pick a great co-president because in MCA, we um, run individually. And so ah, my okay. co-president, who is ama the amazing Brian Pfeffer, I uh, did not know last year. But it worked out amazingly. I mean, I can't imagine someone better to work with. He's just so thoughtful, so proactive, in it for all the right reasons. He cares so deeply about the success of all the MBA ones going mm -hmm. through recruiting right now and all of the full-time folks who went through recruiting earlier this fall. And I am just so lucky to have him as my partner in crime. So, you know, if, if you've got the opportunity to run with someone that you already know and trust, go for it. But if you don't and you're going to be paired up with someone new, like like what Jeet said, you get the opportunity to meet some really amazing people and yeah. um, form some new bonds. And I'm so grateful for that. Chris, why don't you share your advice? Yeah, you can, um, you can cut this bit if it's, if it's a little bit of a twist <laughs> on the other one um, and a little bit of a downer. Feel okay. free to cut it. Um, no, but it's... Um, 
it's like just for future club presidents, like it is, it kind of like sits on your shoulders. It is a big responsibility. Um, and you are only really accountable to like your peers. Right. So that, I think that's just an important thing to remember is that, like the school is not going to be chasing you and making sure, sure you're throwing quality programming um, or making sure that you're really getting people into jobs. Um, and that might happen at MCA, but it definitely doesn't happen at some of the smaller clubs. Um, so that's just that's just one to keep in mind if you're thinking of running for president. But on a fun note, um, for for just for everybody coming to attend Stern, like I, I recommend getting involved in clubs, right? That's really join join boards. Don't just go to events. Join boards. Really find your tribe while you're at school, um, because I, it's just like an awesome professional network that I'm bringing into my chosen career path and they're all great and they're my friends um and it's just it's fantastic yeah i'm really glad that you added that that first part chris because it's true it's a lot of work right like we are all putting in many hours a week and it's something i thought hard about before i ran for president i wanted to make sure that taking on this role aligned with my goals of what I wanted to get out of my business school experience. And for me, gaining leadership experience and building a wider network of peers was really important to me. And becoming MCA president fulfilled part of those goals, you know? One of the reasons that I became club president was because of the previous presidents and how inspiring they were. And now one of my goals is also to inspire the next group of presidents and next group of club leaders to pay it forward. But I can't agree mm -hmm. more that you should only do it if you genuinely care about it and you genuinely want this experience because it's one of these things that you get out of it, what you put into it. And mm -hmm. if you're taking on the responsibility of that club, then you should really be wanting to put a lot into it. Yeah, 100%. It's exactly that. Like, it is what you put into it. And if you put a lot in, you'll get a lot out. It can be incredibly rewarding. Yeah. It's hard to remember that you you and your co-president are like where the buck stops. That's just the... <laughs> There's no one else involved. You actually signed up to be CEO of this little club. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well... Thank you all so much for being club presidents, first of all, and second of all, being on this podcast so that you could help us spread the word about all the amazing things that our clubs do. I believe that Stern clubs are such an important part of the MBA experience and wish that we could have all of our club leaders and all of our club presidents on the podcast to highlight the amazing work that they are doing. Thank you guys so much. It was so fun having you all on the show. This is fun. Thanks for having us. It was great. This is fun. Yes. Thank you, Heather.